Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my friends Cameron and hey. Bailey. Hey. Bailey, praise them, man. Of course. Um, Jesus, we know that you are the only true fountain of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just pray that in today's conversation, um, that would be made clear more so to us and just that you'd um, give us wisdom to know how to um, put that news out to others, to share that news with the world um, so that they might hear um, clearly that you are the only fountain of life and that we might direct you to them or direct them to you. Lord, we love you. We trust you, and we give this time to you in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you. So we are continuing our series uh, called Barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, not about people who bury people, <laughs> but about <laughs> potential... Uh, <laughs> not to be confused with... The, we'll do that one later. Not to be confused with the profession. <laughs> That's <right>. Barriers. <laughs> But the noun of potential roadblocks. In. That's right. We were going to call it the more the barrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're never going to get this done. I know. So, okay. anyways, so we we um, uh, last. Uh, this is uh, Lord willing um, yeah. our final installment of our mm-hmm. uh, our third and final installment of our series barriers. Uh, we talked about science and God mm-hmm. and the perceived uh, conflict there. And we kind of uh, resolved that. We very expertly resolved the problem of evil <laughs> finally. last right. week. Yep. Finally, for all of Christendom. And That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. I just needed that one slam dunk mm-hmm. from us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Leibniz planting uh, Jones. Get out of here. We got it. LeBron James. Right. LeBron James. <laughs> Word first radio. That's right. LeBron James. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> so today, LeBron sponsored this episode, right? Yes. This, this uh, uh, well, he's on the Cavaliers now. This episode brought to you by the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is going um, way too far. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Go Cavs. Okay, and so this week we're discussing the issue of uh, religious exclusivism or like religious tolerance. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a perception um, that Christianity as a worldview. Uh, posits some solutions to mankind's problems that are pretty exclusive. Yeah. So you've got some statements from Jesus, like "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me." Um, he you got statements where he's like, "If anyone must come after me, he must mm-hmm. take up their cross and follow me." Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all throughout the Gospels, you have very exclusive statements. And the mm-hmm. in the apostles' teaching, mm-hmm. Acts four twelve says, "There is no other right. name." given among men under heaven by which we must be saved. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty exclusive statements, yeah. and that rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So let's unpack that, uh, the, the kind of problem of like, I can't believe in Christianity or I'm, a, I'm resistant to the gospel mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, everyone kind of follows after their truth mm-hmm. and they should have the right to do that. Yeah. What would you say to that? Yeah, so there, I mean, so I'm a little bit older, a lot older very much older than you guys. And I think the first time I heard anything like this, I was in high school and we had, there was a yeah. German exchange student and she was in another class, but we were friends and we were talking about God one day and she said, I just see belief in God as very, very arrogant mm. as though your, mm. your beliefs are the right one and that there's some, there's some deity out there who cares about and is paying attention to you. Like that's sort of the height of pride, mm. which is interesting because scripture says that we have exactly the, the, our problem is pride and failing to recognize God 
is uh, sort of the height of our own arrogance. But I think that was the first way that I heard it. That was that was puzzling to me mm-hmm. to hear that problem put that way. And as uh, as the years have gone on, I've heard heard it put several ways. So there's that thing, very arrogant to believe that there's some deity who's looking at you and cares about your life. Yeah. Or <clears throat> maybe something like it's very arrogant to think that you have the claim to salvation, right? The only reason you believe that is because you were born in a certain time and space and place. Mm. And if you had been born somewhere else, you'd have a completely different religious view that you'd be, that you'd be convinced was correct. Um, so maybe you're, you're just, uh, you're, you're demonstrating some amount of prejudice against other people's beliefs and, and irrationally preferring your own. Or maybe it comes to us uh, saying something like, nobody can know, like nobody mm-hmm. knows. And it looks like there's this, the, all religions are basically saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so what we can do is, is we can throw off the appendages and just take the core of, of those religions and, and try and live out the same thing they're all trying to say. Or maybe you'll hear the parable of the elephant. Mm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what, I was going to ask you to just yeah. kill the that. parable how of about, the elephant. How about you uh, exegete? The- yeah. <laughs> so how about this? I'll, I'll describe the parable of the elephant, and Jacob, you can respond to it. Sure. Um, so it's something like you have, these, uh, have blind people, uh, three blind guys, and they're all feeling the body of an elephant. They're all feeling different parts of the body of the elephant. And one of them says, this thing before me, it's, uh, they, he feels the trunk of the elephant and describes it thus. I've got a, a, a tube that's about this big and whatever. He describes mm-hmm. it in those terms. And someone mm-hmm. else is feeling the tail. No, 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 that's not what we have. We have a thing that feels like this and has some fluff on the a end. Duster. A duster. It's yeah. A duster. Yeah, yeah I have a duster. <laughs> and someone else is feeling the ears of the elephant says, no, we've got a blanket or something. We have <laughs> yeah. these big, big floppity things. And at no point do they appear to be describing the same thing. But if <clears throat> it's because they're blind, yeah. and if they could only see the see the thing that was in front of them, they'd realize they're all really describing the same thing. They're mm-hmm. just describing different aspects of the yeah. same uh, of the same reality that's in front of them. What's the problem with that, Jake? Well, the problem with that is uh, that uh, they're not; <laughs> they're just wrong. Yeah. I think the parable defeats itself in the first sentence of it. Mm. Imagine an elephant. Yeah. That's what it is. So, I think the problem with it is that my dad actually gave me my favorite response to it. They're blind. They're blind. Yeah. So the problem is, is that describing an elephant in terms of like, oh, it's just a hose or it's mm-hmm. a big wall or it's a blanket. Mm-hmm. Those are insufficient explanations of what the thing actually is right. to where they are actually wrong about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that these are not merely different perspectives or different interpretations of the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're just wrong right. about it. They're not even different facets mm-hmm. of the same thing. Exactly. Right? Like, what we have is a hose and not another thing. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you, so like you can, yeah, we should do this. We should, we could take your five-year-old to mm-hmm. the zoo, right? Yeah. And say, that's an elephant. If I think it's a blanket, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. What would Celia say? Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. If five-year-olds know that. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, the the problems with the parable is that it gives the game away in the first yeah. sentence. Well, it defeats itself immediately. It's one of those things that yeah. sounds wise, but right. doesn't it doesn't uh, doesn't withstand a moment of scrutiny. Right? Yeah. So it sounds wise. We go, no, no, no. He's what what. So what you're trying to say is something <laughs> like all faiths are just different facets of the same core truth of existence. Yeah. And you go, well, then what do you do with? What do you do with all the stuff Jesus said? <laughs> right. What do you do with the things that Jacob just said? So what about what Jesus said about himself and what God said about himself? And uh, behold, O Israel, the Lord your Lord is one. Mm-hmm. And right, how, how do you deal with that? And, and uh, 
there are claims that are that are mutually exclusive, right? So, mm-hmm. so if somebody said this is a, they're grabbing the, the elephant's trunk and saying this is a hose, and it's only a hose, and it can't possibly be anything else, mm-hmm. that person would, would still be wrong. Yeah. But you would say, okay, you can't be saying that's a facet of the elephant, yeah. right? What you're doing is making a claim about the whole show. So there, anyways, there are lots of reasons why that parable fails. It's one of those things that sounds profound, but really is um, is is not very deep at all. Mm-hmm. And so for all of the reasons you said and more. I have a question that is another putting you on the spot. <laughs> okay. This one's for Cam. So, okay. um, can you um, describe uh, why objective truth is a defensible reality? Like why non-objective truth, or like uh, the non-existence of objective truth, is yeah. yeah. Just give foolish. us the summation of all yeah. the work done on You're epistemology welcome. in the <laughs> yeah. last. Do you want to cannonball into that? Okay. <laughs> so, so again, these are sort of categories. People who who think about these things and systematize thought, they put in these categories. But most people haven't thought about it in those terms. So we talk about objective truth. That's just to say that there are there are ways the world really is, yeah. and you can grasp them, or you or you, you can say true things about them or not true things about them. So to say if something is objectively true, as to say that thing is true no matter how many people believe or disbelieve that thing. So you might say, maybe I have a cup filled with coins. There's some fact of the matter about the number of coins in that cup. And maybe nobody knows what it is, but there's one. There's a number that's true and all the other numbers about that that are false. And we've had, since, call it the sort of postmodern turn, I don't want to take too much mm-hmm. time talking about that because I think that... Um, I think that most people that talk about postmodernism uh, mm. have a, a way too small view of what it is, but it's really mm. kind of like a flavor and impulse against some of the the deliverances of mod, of modernity and modernism. But um, we have this idea that the truth is subject dependent, not object dependent. That is, truth is what I make of it. So there are things mm-hmm. that are true for you, but not for me. Mm-hmm. And I, the truth is, I think we've moved p- past that culturally. I think mm-hmm. we're sort of post-postmodern now. Mm-hmm. But that that impulse is still kind of alive in the way that we talk. Yeah. So they de- mm-hmm. there, there's the idea that all truth statements really boil down to opinion statements or the th- way mm-hmm. things seem to me, or that I am the maker of the truth. And the, it, it started as kind of a... Uh, uh, in sort of in literary terms, so where do we get meaning out of a text? Well, it doesn't come from the author; it comes from the it comes from the reader, it comes mm. from the observer. And then we applied this to truth uh, to truth everywhere. So the world, as the author, doesn't deliver truth to us. What we do is interpret the world in a certain way, and and we create the truth as as the observer. So <clears throat> your question was something like. How is it defensible or how do we defend objective mm. truth? Well, there are a few things. If somebody says, well, um, truth is different for everybody, you could just ask that person, is that true or false? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously self-defeating. They could say, well, it's neither true nor, I mean, it's true for me. But then you, that's just a world you can't live in. That's nonsense. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, nobody lives that way. Right. So mm-hmm. when people talk, talk about there are, there's a different set of truths or what I, 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 what I believe is true for me and what you believe is true for you. People don't, when they put pickles on your burger and you said no pickles, mm-hmm. nobody says, well, you were just living your truth. Well, I guess that was true for you <laughs> that you got my order right, but it's true for me that you got it wrong. Yeah. So I'm just okay. So I'm, I'm just okay with that tension. That's <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, no. They, we want our, we go and want, we ask them to make us a burger without pickles or when someone cuts in front of you in line, right? It's true for, even for moral claims. Moral claims are where we see this the most, um, obviously, people mm-hmm. say, well, there are different opinions about morality and what's right and wrong for one person or generally one culture. Like cultures disagree on what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So what's right and wrong in one culture is not necessarily right and wrong in another culture. I think that's mostly false. Um, 
I think, and I think you can be wrong about moral claims, but nevertheless, that's marshaled as evidence in favor of the proposition that at least moral claims are sensitive to cultures, or or some people take it pretty radically and say they're subject, they're sensitive to persons only. So every individual subject has their own moral reality to live with, and therefore you have no right to impose your moral view on me. It's just an opinion. It's mm-hmm. it's it moral um, moral statements can be boiled down to a person saying yay or boo mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to anything, and I mean that breaks down real fast. I mean again, you can assert that, but nobody lives that way. Like we demand justice, mm-hmm. and when I've talked to people and asked them to to consider really difficult situations, they would just say they might say, "Yeah, man, I I think I'd be really." I really wouldn't want that thing to happen. Whatever the thing is, you think about mm-hmm. some heinous moral evil that everybody knows is wrong. They go, well, I guess I would say that I wouldn't like it, but I can't say it's wrong in any in any real way. It's not true that it's wrong. I can just say that I really, really wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, man, I think that gives the game away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have like the fact that it's not okay with you means means a lot. And I think we can have knowledge about. Um, knowledge about moral claims but then there's the even wider claim not just morality or moral claims are subject sensitive but that all of truth is Mm -hmm. and when i purport to say something that's true what i'm doing is uh now i'm now i'm being the author of truth and remember the author has no authority in this case the observer is the one that has the authority to make truth so i can make a claim but you have no reason and definitely no obligation to accept that claim as true Mm -hmm. and i think I mean, I think that's a that's um, mm. a it's a word salad. It's a lot of <laughs> it, you, you know, you have really smart guys that put really smart sounding language to it. But I think it's just nonsense. No, nobody lives that way. I mean, these guys have written books about how words don't convey meaning, and you just go that. Okay, I mean, they, I guess, use, mm. they use words to convey yeah. that opinion. Apparently, yeah. I guess yeah. If, I guess if that's your project, I, you just can't. You really can't blame me if I don't jump on board. Yeah, mm. I'll leave that. There. I've got a lot to say, especially because you asked such a broad question. Mm. But I'll I'll stop, and if we want to talk more about anything I've said, we can. Yeah, well, I think it's a really good question. I think uh, one of the things that I think about this kind of issue of like um, uh, truth is subjective, and mm. what's true for me is true for me, what's true for you is true for you. There's an element of truth mm. uh, in certain areas of that. So, mm. in, in one sense, um, I'll use a very just a very a seemingly mundane example, mm-hmm. right? I like metal music, yeah. right? And I like the heavy sound of guitars, and I like the uh, screaming voices of oh, like, <laughs> people with beards and, uh, <laughs> uh, and big guitar solos. And so I like heavy metal music, thrash metal, progressive metal. Mm-hmm. I like metal music. Yeah. If Cam, who's a pop star enthusiast, comes to me <laughs> and says, you are not allowed to like metal music, you are wrong yeah. if you like metal music. There's there's a, there's a point in that where it's just kind of like well yeah I just I like I prefer metal music right. that's what's true for me what's true for yeah. me is that the the metal music is is better than yeah. pop music well I'm glad and you so, I'm glad you bring that up I'm sorry yeah. was I interrupting you just a little bit yeah, but then ahead. I'll pass it back to you and okay so yeah, please continue there's an element of like. Uh, listen, if you have a vocation that's not sinful that you want to pursue, mm-hmm. yeah, no one should tell you that you have to be a teacher or a doctor or whatever. Like, yeah, no, 
do what you want for for mm-hmm. a living as long as it's not sinful. Yeah. Uh, you listen to the kind of music that you like to listen to. Paint mm-hmm. your house the kind of color you want. Mm-hmm. And there's an element of truth to it. Yeah. But I think this the whole project that's different than the whole project of like postmodern thinking, right. which has just fallen way off the other side of the horse, which is just like, well, now that has to expand into every area mm-hmm. of thinking. Mm-hmm. So now if there are real moral claims about the world that we disagree with, well, no, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. If you want to worship Buddha or Krishna or Jesus or, or uh, Allah, mm-hmm. go for it. If you uh, want to have sex with a man or with a woman or with 10 women or get married or get divorced or whatever, like go for it. That's, mm-hmm. that's your personal truth. Your mm-hmm. experience is what validates and, and um, creates your personal truth. Yeah. Um, and that's that. That's really how I would phrase it. It's yeah. really just a project of taking something that is true about the world that people's subjective experiences do matter in certain areas, mm. and just falling like way off the other side of the horse. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So I perceive at least a couple of problems with that. So it's it's true that people have opinions, mm-hmm. but here's here's what's important. So we talk about subjective and objective mm-hmm. truths. Is when you uh, tell me that you like that you like a certain kind of music. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're really telling me something about yourself. You're right. not making a claim about the world. Right. What you're saying is, here's something that's true about Jacob, namely, I prefer this kind. I prefer a certain kind of music. Mm. And it turns out that is also an objective fact, right? So I could, if I said Jacob's favorite kind of music is show tunes, mm-hmm. that would be false. And it can it can be something in flux. Our favorite kind of music changes, and our our tastes and our opinions change. And that's okay. It but at a specific moment, if I could I could say a false thing about Jacob's favorite music, right? Sure, right. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, <clears throat> not even nevertheless, but at the same time, when you tell me about your taste or your opinion, you're not telling me about the about a thing outside yourself. You're telling me a true thing about yourself. That, yes, and so yes. it's. It's a it's a category mistake to say that there because there are opinions that mm-hmm. are true for me and not for you. What's the best ice cream? What's the mm-hmm. right? What's the best music? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Because we have disagreements and we're both right, that that extends to every type of truth claim. <clears throat> that is, there's obviously no no reason to believe the second one because the first one is true, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a that's a really good way of putting that, and that's kind of like my point was that that's a. Um, you call it a category error, and that's it's really good. I didn't um, use those words, but mm. that's a really great way of explaining it. That we they've taken that thinking mm. and now applied it to every facet of truth. And um, I definitely want to get your thoughts on anything we've been saying, like in that mm. vein. But I also want to kind of pose this question, kind of for um, for discussion: mm. Is it arrogant or or intolerant um, to make truth claims about the world? So to say things like, um, like if a politician does something immoral, mm-hmm. like to say that is wrong and that yeah. politician should not do that, is that arrogant? Is that is it? Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> Let's think about um, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to like kind of add to what you guys were saying before, sure. mm-hmm. um, I just say like I think it's obvious where um, Christians sharing the gospel like where this becomes a barrier to someone hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just, I don't know, kind of like you guys were talking about, mm-hmm. all of this stuff is like a muddy mess at this point. And it's something like we've been talking about since I've known you guys. Yeah. So it's not like it's only in Norway that this is a barrier to the mm-hmm. gospel. Right. Like, the world as a whole is moving more and more towards uh, wanting to be inclusive 
and um, like suddenly things that don't belong in that category are becoming synonyms of inclusive. Like mm-hmm. truth is somehow thrown into that. Like if you say that there's an objective truth, then that is an exclusive uh, action that's yeah. like against people and you're, um, yeah, you're putting people down by mm-hmm. making that claim. So like it's just a giant mess and a word salad, if yeah. you will. Um, <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah, so I think that's... Um, yeah, that's a phenomenon that we all know is happening in the world. And then like even more than that, it's like a high value that mm-hmm. society as a whole has. Like it's a very high value that we include everyone that we um have truth just mm-hmm. all these different things are becoming not just things that people talk about in coffee shops, yeah. like they're becoming values of society mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. politicians and everyone it like it far over um what what's the word I'm looking for? Well it's saturating it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's becoming yeah. the lens by which people view certain mm-hmm. issues. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. Far more than the objective and like just all these things that they really don't belong in the conversation. Yeah. But um inclusivism is Well there's yeah. a reason for that. So not mm-hmm. everyone is included, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's clear and stark who is not included in the group. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think it's um it's false virtue to for, uh, for certain people to claim about themselves that we're inclusive because yeah. mm-hmm. they include oh. only people who believe exactly the way that they do. Yeah, um, yeah, it, which which is just so frustrating to hear. But this is why I say that I think we're post postmodern. So if we're when we're talking about postmodernism, we're talking about this one very narrow uh, impulse, and that's the impulse to say that what's true for you is different than what's true for me, and they can be true for both of us at the same at the same time, even yeah. if even if they're contradictory things, because truth is an opinion and it's it's truth is manufactured by the by the observer, by the subject. I think we've moved past that. I don't think that culture cares what uh, cares what's true. Mm-hmm. And we conflate, I think, truth and goodness. So if you ask me, Cam, what's a reason to believe something? Mm-hmm. So the reason to believe something is because it's true. We mm-hmm. want to believe all and only true things, mm-hmm. and we want to disbelieve anything that's false. I don't even think that's part of the project anymore. Yeah. I think, like you say, so the 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 thing where I said the subject determine or creates the truth, mm-hmm. it's gone a step. It's gone a step further than that, which is we say things like "You go, you live your truth." Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at him; he's living. He's living his truth. Right. Which is to say. We've become so narcissistic and yeah. so like we just made ourselves God to the extent that we get to define the whole universe mm-hmm. for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And when we decide what's what's true, the first question we ask is, "Is it good?" Right. So is it is the the certain truth claim? We yeah. say, "Well, that's not good. That doesn't fit." Call it the moral opinion of the people in my in group. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fit that moral opinion, so we're going to reject that. And you say, "Is it true?" And they go, "Well." Even claiming something is true is a power bid, and Mm. and that's uh, who did you say who who was talking? They're telling um, they're telling Michael Brown and Frank Frank Turek that their that their truth claims were coming from a position of whiteness. Oh, I don't Mm. remember their names, but that's a debate coming Uh, from a position of whiteness, and therefore it's therefore it's false. Mm. I heard the other day there's a, a progressive 
pastor. Yeah. He's not a pastor. He just teaches satanic stuff named Brandon Robertson. Yeah. Um, you got to repent, Brandon. Mm-hmm. But he was commenting on a Christian TikToker uh, who was uh, living in homosexuality for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he made a video saying, uh, the word he used was, I'm an ex-gay and I met mm-hmm. Jesus and he changed my life and I love Jesus. And Brandon Robertson comes on and he's like, here's the thing. Ex-gays don't exist. What mm-hmm. he actually is is just confused in his sexuality or suppressing who he is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. I'm like, what? Brandon Robertson is a bigot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's completely that's not very, That's not yeah. tolerant and inclusive. Why don't mm-hmm. you? Why don't <laughs> this guy who's like live your truth is yeah. like you didn't let this guy live his truth. No. Mm-hmm. You're like no. He's just wrong about who he is, and yeah. he. He actually he's, isn't ex-gay. Right. He's just a gay man pretending he's not. Right. I'm like, what a or there's, bigot, like There's Beckett Cook. I won't, won't spend a lot of time talking about Beckett, but he's awesome. Check out his Beckett's YouTube awesome. channel. Mm-hmm. And he'll tell you about how about the, the lifestyle he lived. And then he sort of came out as, I am saved by God, and, I've, and I've, um, uh, I'm persuaded that uh, homosexual relationships are sinful, so I'm not going to do them anymore. Yeah. Hmm. And his life collapsed. All of his, his friends that he'd had for decades, they all abandoned him. Mm-hmm. They, he was not allowed in the club. He was not allowed to live his truth. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, there's this false inclusivity that is so offensive because it's not inclusive. Mm-hmm. And what I, I appreciate is when we talk about tolerance, and again, tolerance has even evolved. So where we had sort of the postmodern impulse to say that uh, the truth is subject sensitive and now we don't even care about truth mm-hmm. like we the truth isn't even out there we're, we're uh, nihilistic it's just it's not even a thing to be looked for or grasped and when someone tells you that it is they're tr- that that's an oppressive uh, power bid so too has our view of 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 um tolerance so mm-hmm. when i was in graduate school we had this sort of new tolerance which um it wasn't really tolerant of anything. Tolerance meant you had to accept all of the things, all the things I say and believe, and even even that's evolved. But but the idea is, I don't know. If I say that I tolerate something, first of all, it means I think it's dead wrong. I dis I disagree with you, mm-hmm. but I value you enough as a human that we can uh, we can cohabitate the planet together. We can even love each other and have significant right. relationship with one another. But I tolerate this belief you have that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. And toleration, 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 tolerance, inclusivity is not that at all. It's decidedly intolerant of anybody who's outside what I think is really a narrow and obviously, uh, obviously absurd and insane position. But if you, if you accept that, then you're in. And everyone else is out, and so it's hard for me to see certain people. And I guess that's not even what we care to talk about. This isn't a, a commentary, know, a commentary necessarily on on that <clears throat> on that thing. But it doesn't help us now as we intend to preach the gospel because we have a culture that is hostile to anybody making truth claims at all. Because mm-hmm. so I think a generation ago it was what, there's what's true for you mm-hmm. and then there's what's true for me. And now even to say no, there's a truth that you're not apprehending. That itself is uh, is seen as an oppressive. Mm-hmm. And um, and an act of domineering yeah. that is offensive because it's bad, not because it's true or false. That doesn't even matter yet. Mm-hmm. It's you are um, you are attempting to dominate me, mm-hmm. and that is immoral, and that is that's intolerable. Yeah. So, so let's uh, pick up on that after really quick. Like the um, you uh, tag the term like false virtue mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. everything you just described, yeah. and I think like that makes sense of it perfectly for me. Um, and yeah, it just like it's a false virtue that they've we society has put yeah. forth, and it becomes like a competition mm-hmm. 
more than anything. And then, mm. do you want to go back to the question that you posed earlier? I or? would like to because that kind of just fits mm. really nicely with the thing that you said. So, uh, making truth claims, we kind of talked a little bit about the self defeating nature of just mm-hmm. this whole idea. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, making truth claims is unavoidable. <clears throat> right. And you have people that uh, um, are really kind of like the way you described it is like we've moved past the whole. Tolerance project of your truth is your truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now it's a this power struggle, like yeah. power bit of like no, like of not inclusivity, but let people like agree with our ideas. Mm-hmm. But but kind of speaking to that, is it arrogant to make truth claims? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's if it's arrogant, yeah. right? And ar- arrogance is an attitude. Arrogance yeah. is mm-hmm. arrogance is so making a truth claim is is morally neutral. Mm-hmm. Arrogance is. The posture of my heart when I make a truth claim. So, can you yeah. make a truth claim mm-hmm. arrogantly? Sure. Right? There's a there's a wonderful Paul Simon lyric. He says he says you don't have to lie to me, but there's no tenderness mm. beneath your honesty. I think that's it. But he's, what he's saying is you don't have to be mean. You don't have to lie. Like tell me the truth, but be nice about it. So, is the posture of my heart arrogant? Yeah. But I think to apply that to the making of truth claims yeah. itself, like is telling the truth an arrogant activity? Of course not. Mm, it's not yeah. inherently arrogant or not. What, what's arrogant is me as, mm. I, as I deliver the truth claim. Because yeah. well, So my thinking behind this question before we talk about it, I feel like mm. you're about to say something. So just real quick, <laughs> my thinking behind this question is like I hear a lot of like when people make truth claims or like a really big debate right now is mm. like uh, the, the gender debate and sure. like what is mm. a woman, mm-hmm. right? And uh, from the other side uh, of that debate, if you you know people who think that gender is on a spectrum and it's fluid, are just like, well, you're being arrogant, you're oppressing me, mm-hmm. and you know, imputing on me like this kind of like standard when I, I have my truth and yeah. you're making a truth claim right. and that's intolerant and arrogant mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's morally wrong to do that. Well, that's the that's the exact phenomenon that I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm. Whether or not something's true doesn't matter. Yeah, mm. it's it's not even close to the first consideration. Yeah. The first consideration is is a moral one, mm-hmm. and it's immoral for you to try and dominate me. So what, yeah. you, what you're doing is attempting to oppress me by making the truth claim in the first place. And there's there's more to it. Uh, there there's this there's this house of cards of nonsense underneath <laughs> yeah. underneath when when we get right there and I, the point was not to talk about was not to talk about all of that philosophical theorizing that's on the, on the bottom of all of this but it does illustrate that exact point mm-hmm. right when you say no i disagree with you about the nature of gender mm-hmm. and what the and what you'll be met with is something like people saying um i've seen this i, I don't know how many times is that you are denying my right to exist. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. You're denying that's, my right to phrase. exist. And, you, and what someone like me will say, who's still thinking of truth in different terms, would go, I'm not denying your right to exist. I'm just telling right. you that there's a, there's a fact we disagree about. Can yeah. we talk about that? Never in our and, disagreement did I bring up the point of data that you do not exist. Right. right. Or, and, I'm, and I'm not even telling you that you're not allowed to have... Like, I'm not talking about any of that. Yeah. Like, how did this get personal? Well, because it's personal before it's true or false, and, mm. and 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 so when I when I make a truth claim, I'm doing something to your person, and according to their to the <laughs> ethic of uh, people who think this way, what you're doing is is the worst kind of injustice to me, and I'm virtuous by mm. uh, by resisting and stamping it out. So it makes it impossible to even really talk about the truth that's out there in the world. Now, thankfully. Again, nobody can live this way consistently. That's yes. not we mm. right. We still have a problem when someone cuts in front of us in line, and we don't say, "Well, I guess he's just living his truth." Mm. We recognize that there's some that there's something wrong with that, and I think that there are even even those terms there. There's a way to find common ground, 
and talk about what's important to us. And the ideas are so insane and, and so obviously false and so self-defeating that hopefully there's a way forward for us to like just talk about the real world the way that it is. But we're at a place where there is academic, not ac- I won't, uh, academic is too generous a word, there's intellectual cover for plugging our ears and going, ah, nah, 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 and mm. not allowing any other ideas in because we say that ideas... Ideas that don't uh, that aren't in right. So we're, there's the stuff we're tolerant of, but it turns out to be a very narrow window of opinion. It's a mm. very a very small piece of paper that we could write the allowable, acceptable opinion upon. Mm. Anything outside of that is an immoral attack on my existence, and I'm virtuous and righteous to stand up against it. What that does is gives you it gives you intellectual cover to never have to consider somebody else's opinion and never even have to think about what's true in the world. Mm. You only have to look inside. <laughs> and you have, Vodi Bauckham talks about this, this mm. new kind of Gnosticism. I think mm. he calls it uh, That's good. He calls it racial Gnosticism or ethnic Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the idea is only I can see my lived experience mm-hmm. and I can tell you what's true and you can't tell me what's true. Yeah. yeah. Why do you pick it up from there? <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I guess I I would just react to what you just said. Like, yeah. that's obviously the arrogant thing. <laughs> like, if you're <laughs> asking, that's the what's arrogant, arrogant thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, like the, um, I agree with Cam. The um, saying true things isn't inherently um, arrogant. You can say them with an intent of arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that depends on your heart and everything as the words come out of your mouth. Um, but just I don't. I don't know how to uh, like build a foundation for it, but just that's so obviously the mm-hmm. arrogant thing to my right. ears. Like you right. say, you you can't even speak to the subject because that would be you oppressing me or something mm-hmm. like that. Like that's the that's right. arrogance. I right can there. tell how you, you what's know? true, but you can't tell me yeah. what's right. You proclaiming <laughs> to have truth is arrogance. <laughs> so listen to me, and I'll tell you what's true. Remember. Yeah. This was this is before we met you, but uh, you'll love to hear the, hear about it. Mm. Uh, in the early days of uh, the young adults group at the uh, uh, church we came from, called mm-hmm. Rise, um, I'm not going to name any names or the topic, but mm. okay, there was Let's a, see if I can remember. Then there's a uh, a guy there who had some very controversial views um, uh, that were that were racist, mm. um, and he uh, came to talk to me, like brought documentation mm-hmm. to prove me wrong and talk to me. And somewhere in the conversation, I just said, I just buckled down and was just like, I, I just think you're wrong. Like, I just don't look at the mm-hmm. world that way. And I think, I think it, your facts are wrong. And he got like really offended. He yeah. was like, no, that's, that's you, I, I can't handle somebody telling, this, this was his exact words. I can't handle someone telling me that they think I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, do you think I'm wrong? He's like, you are wrong. Yeah. And I was like, hey, yeah. This, <laughs> so you yeah. Can't, I can't say you're wrong, but you can say that I'm wrong. Yeah. And he's like, well, you are wrong. And I was yeah. like, okay. So the, the point is, is it was just, uh, yeah. I, I love that. I think that it, to your point, Bailey, it's just that, that sense of like, that's the arrogant thing. The mm-hmm. arrogant thing is to... Uh, not respectfully disagree and instead dogmatically assert as truth uh, some, which is something you don't even believe mm-hmm. in, which is just this wish-washy uh, subjective thing. Yeah. And uh, I think that is, I think we really got to the core of where like this objection to mm-hmm. the gospel mm-hmm. comes from. Yeah. It's this kind of like, well, it's not, it's, it's exclusive. I'm an inclusive person, mm-hmm. which is 
how many counterexamples do we have of the yeah. people who preach mm-hmm. that, that right. they're not inclusive? My mom actually, uh, years ago, I don't remember when this happened, but years ago when the Women's March was a thing in D.C., mm-hmm. and she was like, I was reading an article that feminist but pro-life women's groups yeah. were not allowed to participate yep, in true. the part. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. Tolerant, inclusive, inclusive and pro-choice, yeah. except when people are pro-life. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was uh, so oh, fascinating to me. I think the way it works down to like gospel conversations is, I think, more practically. So, yeah, there's that, there's that just pile of nonsense mm-hmm. uh, that is real. And we, have to, and we have to learn how to handle with care and love right. and grace Mm. And it, you have to, I think I'm convinced you have to be programmed to operate that way because it's so unintuitive and so like we don't, uh, humans don't like operating with contradictions and you have to train yourself to do it. So you kind of are, are programmed against being able to discern truth, which is really satanic and genius and horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that it works its way into normal conversations is, is what we were talking about earlier with the elephant. It's like, oh, you know, religions all teach basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I know that you guys think you're right, but really, I mean, this this how it goes with me with Norwegians. I say, well, what's important to you? Like, what are your values? What are I live my life to serve Jesus? How do you live yours? And they go, that's fine for you, but I just want to be like a good person mm. and 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 do charity and help people and love the people around mm-hmm. me and all the stuff that we would all say is really really good. Mm-hmm. And most of them will follow it up will follow it up with or at least have the belief in the in their mind somewhere that this is what religion is getting at anyways. Mm. What all of these religious traditions are trying to do is just teach you how to be good. Like even if you want to be bad, be a good person who cares, like who cares for people instead of hurting them and and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So so they have a problem with Christian exclusivity because we, what we're saying is like we're another flavor of ice cream but we're the only one. And they mm. go, "Well, no, there are there are lots of others." And just because you have a taste for this particular flavor doesn't mean that everybody has to. And I think we'd be right to bring up the things that Jacob has to say. Like Jesus says that there's an eternity apart from God mm-hmm. if you if you don't find the narrow path. There's a really wide path, and what it leads to is destruction. Find the narrow path and follow mm-hmm. follow Jesus down it. Yeah. And if you don't, destruction is the worst conceivable thing. And I, I think there's debate about what the, about the nature of hell and existence without God and what exactly it is. But I think we should at least take Jesus seriously when he tells us over and over again. He talks about hell a lot. And he just says, do anything to avoid it. Do anything to avoid it. Do anything to avoid hell. We've talked about this on the mm. podcast. If it means gouging your eyes out, gouge mm-hmm. your eyes out. If it means cutting your hands off, cut your hands off. It's better to be maimed and blind and in the presence of God than it is to have your hands and your eyeballs and be separated from him for eternity. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts um, to expand on that? Or? Well, I kind of, you can um, deny this if you want to, but I kind of <laughs> want to tee you up for like something we've talked about a lot, Yeah. Um, which is the question of like, is um, Jesus arrogant in saying, or in claiming that he's God? Or mm-hmm. in, if, oh, Jesus, yeah. if Jesus decided to say like, I'm awesome, everyone should follow me, I'm right. super wise, yeah. I'm the coolest guy. Like if Jesus <laughs> just talked highly of himself, yeah. is he arrogant for doing that? And are Christians arrogant to um, say the things Jesus said, share mm. their beliefs? Because it was um, Muhammad Ali who said, "It ain't bragging if it's true." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the principle, right? Yeah. And so, mm. uh, this is something I talk about a lot, and because mm. I think it's a really, uh, uh, yeah, worthy subject to talk about God's greatness and glory and mm-hmm. how He deserves it. 
Uh, and so uh, an objection to Christianity that we hear a lot that is kind of along the same lines of what we're talking about is, you know, God wants me to worship him and no one else mm-hmm. and devote my mind, will, and emotion to his will. And that makes God a narcissist mm-hmm. who, yeah. is just, who is just concerned about making slaves for himself and, yeah. and to worship him. And that is uh, a misunderstanding of what pride is and what mm-hmm. narcissism mm-hmm. is. So pride can be summed up. I like the way that you sum it up. Uh, I don't really uh, usually use these words, but I will and, and cite Bailey Fagan as my source. <laughs> pride can be summed up as having an incorrect view of yourself. Mm. So part of my story uh, and my uh, sin struggle is a, is a struggle with pride. Um, and I incorrectly tried to correct that thinking too highly of myself by thinking lowly of myself mm-hmm. all the time. By thinking that, uh, you know what, I, I am not worthy to, uh, to press record on the camera at mm-hmm. church. Or, you know what, I'm, worthy, I'm not worthy and I'm dirt and I'm horrible and all that stuff and would yeah. think really lowly of myself. And uh, people, uh, when I share this with them, have talked to me like, you know, I used to think the same thing and mm-hmm. I, have a, I used to have a really low sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found out was that's just another form of pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, why is that a form of pride? I'm thinking that I'm horrible and I'm, I'm as low as dirt. And the reason that's another form of pride is because the focus and the spotlight is still on right. yourself. It's supposed to the universe mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of you. Yeah. And so the, the relevance to your question is that does a God make arrogant does it make God arrogant to ask for all of the glory and honor and praise and authority? And the answer is no, because he deserves it. So if pride is thinking incorrectly about yourself, for God to ask for all of the glory and honor and authority in the world, mm. it is rightly and correctly his place to receive all mm. of that. Yeah. So when I get this objection that like, God only wants me to worship him, and I'm like, yeah, because he's the greatest thing mm. in all mm. of the universe and right. all of existence that deserves all of the worship. Well, and God displays humility, which is crazy yes. to me, <laughs> yeah. and makes an example of it. So, so he condescends mm. to to come to humanity and to save us when we have done all of the problem making and he's done nothing but been holy and perfect and mm. just and good the whole time but he he uh he does more than that he delegates authority to us right mm. right he gives us an earth and tells us what to yeah. what to do with it be fruitful multiply and uh, rule over the earth yes and, yeah and he makes us in his image so we can relate to god almighty he didn't have to do that we're, mm. we're not worms right we get to <laughs> we get to commune with god that's crazy um Jesus tells us over and over and over again, right? If you want to be first, you have to put yourself last. Mm-hmm. And blessed are the humble, and blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. Then he, on the the night before he was betrayed, he washes his disciples' feet, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And they have they have a big problem with that. Peter freaks out, has, mm-hmm. a, has a big fat problem going, why are you washing my feet? This can't be. No, no, it's my, I need to wash yours. And Jesus rebukes him, yep. <laughs> calls him Satan. Tells well, him, if you do not let me wash your feet, yeah. you will have no place with me. You have no place with me in my kingdom. Yeah. He goes, oh, then wash my whole body. Yes, right. <laughs> you're not, okay, you're not getting it. But then, I think we, we miss this, he washes the feet of Judas, knowing that Judas is going to mm. betray him. Yep. So, and then, <laughs> we, and then, he takes, he takes the, the, the debt and punishment of all humanity on himself. We did 100% of the murdering, yeah. and he took 100% of the punishment himself so that we could live in relationship with him to do what? 
mm-hmm. to rule and reign with Christ in heaven forever. So even in even in the kingdom, he delegates authority and gives mm-hmm. us a place as children of the king to rule and reign. It says that he's built many mansions for us. Mm-hmm. He showers blessings upon us. Mm-hmm. So even God, I guess you could say that he's... Uh, uh, that he's arrogant to to demand that we don't worship anything else, but he's the rightful recipient of mm-hmm. all worship. The rest, it's like telling my wife that she can't make voodoo dolls and be in love with them and leave, or something. Mm-hmm. It's like no, 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 no. I'm I'm husband. I get that that, that devotion is meant for me, and my devotion my mm-hmm. devotion will be meant for you, and not for the things that I invent to take your place. Well, so imagine this. Imagine after all of that, after mm. God doing all of that in humility, imagine the arrogance on our part mm-hmm. to say to him, no, I want another way yeah. to heaven. I want. Mm. I think my ideas, all religions yeah. are true. Yeah. Like, and so I'm just going to be, I'm going to keep being a good person. Yeah. Mm. And so kind of along the same lines, that's what the arrogance is. The mm. arrogance is to look at what God has done in humility and to garner glory for himself. Mm. And the arrogance is to puff our chest stomp our foot in the ground and say, no, I want another way. I want to make my own way. <laughs> I want another mm. way that, inc- that is me doing what I want to do anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Because I've never killed anybody and at least I'm not Hitler. So right, right. I want another way and that other way is just is, um, is take me where I'm at yeah. straight into your presence. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, again, we just overestimate, severely overestimate our own virtue. We talked before about um, about the atonement, about how God takes our debt, how Jesus took our rightful penalty, and we used the metaphor of a, of a murderer. And the only person who can take your penalty is somebody who's never murdered before, and, and how we demand justice for that for that murderer. And that's just exactly your point, Jacob. Like he's done that; he's, mm-hmm. he's taken all of that. And we say, no, 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 no. I uh, thank you, Judge. Uh, thank you, Jesus, or whatever, for offering to do that. I don't want you to do that. I want to take all the punishment myself, but also I want none of the punishment because I haven't mm-hmm. murdered anyone else, just that one guy. Right. You know what? <laughs> okay, but how about it's, in fact, it's arrogant of you. Yeah. It's arrogant of you to mm-hmm. even want to take my punishment on yourself. It's so, it's so backwards. And again, it's, it's zooming way too close to the problem. Back up. Get some context mm-hmm. and see the actual condi- and like add to the world true things about the world, including your own un- your own unrighteousness and and uh, the actuality of what's happening. And let's take a sober look at what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. To say you're arrogant for being exclusive. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But it's the same kind of exclusivity where I say, look, one and one is two and not mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, there's an infinity of numbers that one plus one does not equal. And yeah. I'm excluding all of those. And and that's not that's not a that's not an act of arrogance. It certainly isn't a, a bid for me to oppress you. It's not a power bid. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about the the world the way that it is. And if that's what's true, if there's one way, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that that one way. Yeah. And it's it's inappropriate and it stops the conversation. And that's the point of it. The point of it is to stop my conversation because yeah. no one wants to bend a knee. Scripture. I mean, that's the the thrust of scripture. No one wants to bend a knee and submit to God and live life. The way that he had, the way that he's told us, we want to live life the way we told us. So we want another way. No, God, I don't want that way. I want the way that keeps me exactly where I am. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to follow myself to heaven. And what does Jesus say? That that is the path to destruction. And think of how arrogant and, and backward backwards it is to. Uh, I love. Oh, what was I going to say? To 
like what's not going on is God is the oppressor who is mm-hmm. suppressing our personal truth and is like, no, you, you need to bend a knee or like turn or burn. Right. What's happening and the way that I usually, to get real practical in, in evangelism conversations, the way that I have put it that people hopefully understand mm-hmm. if, I, if I've read, read it correctly is that, listen, God has given you every good gift in your mm-hmm. life. God mm-hmm. has taken care of you and sustained you in everything in life that you enjoy. Uh, that even like the ones that you take for granted, like mm-hmm. laughter mm-hmm. or like uh, or music, good mm-hmm. music, tasting good food, yeah. is provided to you and is made possible by the God of the universe. He has done all of these things to woo you to Him, to be like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the, I am the ultimate end. I am the greatest thing that could exist, and mm-hmm. I'm offering myself to you to have a right relationship with you, and. Uh, it's so backwards to perceive that as, well, God, you're just suppressing my truth. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, 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 no. I want to cure you of your corrupted heart. I want to cure you of your corrupted heart and have a right relationship with you Mm -hmm. so that all of the things you enjoy in this physical, temporary world, Mm -hmm. you get to enjoy with me for eternity. That's the correct way to look at it. And what's not going on is when we're preaching the gospel is that no, no, no. We're the some exclusive cult, yeah. some intolerant like worldview that doesn't uh, that. Yeah. Well, the, the point can just never be recruiting members, right? right. We're never drafting mm-hmm. for membership into our club, mm-hmm. right? That's not the point. The right. point is not we want you to wear the shirt with our logo on it. It's not like like sports teams or whatever, <laughs> like political parties. Even that's not what we are ever doing. What we want to do is offer you what has been given to us, and that is the cure, the cure to death mm. and relationship with the God who made you. So, of course, there's the benefit of not being separated from God for eternity, but there's the way greater benefit of being in his presence and among his people and to be re-related to God and to one another in an unbroken universe. That's what we're inviting people into. But it seems to be a simple kind of... Um, I don't know. So it, it seems to be like we want you to be the fan of the of the right team, or something, mm. or something like that. And you see how hateful people get at mm. when, when they go to a sporting event and there are and there are there are rivalries, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like people beat each other up over over that stuff, and that's what it feels like. I think sometimes we're having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Is I'm comfortable in my I'm comfortable on my team. I don't want to be on your team. I like wearing this color shirt, and that just is never ever what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard to get outside of that when we're talking sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'd, I just thought I'd like to distill down a lot of like what you guys said in a like smaller format. Mm-hmm. Um, like for God or for the Christian pointing to God um, to show like God's awesomeness or his glory. Like if um, God has a planet in the sky and mm-hmm. like if that was me and I had a planet and I was like, check out my planet. <laughs> Obviously that's me being arrogant and showing off, mm-hmm. but for God doing the same thing, like God showing off is an act of mercy yeah. towards mm-hmm. us because of the right and true thing, which is that we're bound for hell mm-hmm. because of our own situation that we've thrust ourselves into with sin. Um, and apart from um, Jesus and our faith in him saving us, we're doomed to that. Um, so God showing off, um, or God doing anything is an act of mercy towards humankind. Mm. Um, and then um, I also wanted to emphasize just that the 
um, like this barrier of um, the idea that like to make an exclusive or a truth claim is oppressive or um, just that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a lie. Yeah. Um, that is the enemy in humanity. That's mm-hmm. a lie that we've all contributed to that ultimately is trying to keep the two pillars of like Jesus mm-hmm. as the exclusive way to salvation and um, faith in him as the thing that actually earns us or saves us, yeah. um, grants us that salvation. Um, that lie is like geniusly crafted by humankind who hates God and wants to nothing uh, more than to run from him and mm-hmm. rebel from him um, and of the enemy to keep us from those two truths. And like, yeah, just when we're in a gospel conversation, mm-hmm. that's what we like have to um, be almost obsessed with as yeah. we're explaining these things. So like yeah. the, yeah, all these things are like really fun to talk about. Like the, is Jesus arrogant for um, saying he's awesome? Yeah. I would love to like tell that to a non-Christian all day, but if I tell that to them all day, they're not going to get closer to the gospel. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely like, have, have to be to keep strategic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a good Bible study point, And it's, mm-hmm. it's something I have used in Bible studies, but you're right. It, when it comes down to the gospel, mm-hmm. like I think that really just gets at the, at the core of it all. Mm-hmm. So I thank you for that. I think that's about a good place to land it. Yeah. I think we addressed a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that ultimately, well, to kind of just harken back to something you just said, it really is evil genius that mm-hmm. God would reveal with clarity by becoming a human being mm-hmm. what his way is, what his truth is, which is just objective truth. Mm-hmm. God's, all truth is God's truth, as it's been said. Mm-hmm. And to show his way, it really is evil genius to just mm-hmm. be like, well, instead of convincing them that that's nonsense, mm-hmm. I'm just going to that the the enemy would come in and that humankind would get together and say, what if nonsense couldn't be a thing? What if <laughs> truth couldn't be a thing yeah. at all? Mm-hmm. And so therefore, like, if you look at the world through that lens, like, the whole thing just, like, falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. But the truth is uh, <laughs> that uh, there is objective truth out there, that God became a human being to reveal it to us. Mm-hmm. So is Christianity intolerant? Well, God is intolerant of corrupted hearts mm-hmm. <laughs> and God came to purify them and change them. That's the best thing for us. That's mm-hmm. the best thing for the unbeliever we're evangelizing to. Right. That's the thing that gives us the best good and brings glory to him. And so uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation of addressing some of those underlying presuppositions and the way the world thinks and hopefully get, getting a Christian response to that, that there is objective truth out there. Jesus comes to reveal the objective truth and the objective truth is not an oppressive tool used by God. It actually sets us free mm. from sin and opens our eyes to see the true God that created the world who loves us. So I hope this was a benefit to you and I can't wait to see you again next week. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.